Hello and welcome to the Premier Football Podcast, the podcast where three French entries with professional footballers dash to wish children when they all discover food, have their say on the Premier League. See, this week I've done it, because you you're not a pagan this week. You're not a pagan this week, so this this week I've done, done the intro. So you're welcome, coach. You're welcome. That was smooth. That was smooth. It was smooth. Because you, 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 I all that riled up tense energy from last week, that's, that's why. <laughs> Push it out. <laughs> I heard it was Waste, a bad. <laughs> it was um, it was it was chaotic to say the yeah, least. Yeah, definitely was yeah. chaotic. <laughs> we have a pretty stacked uh, podcast this week, so I'm gonna start with the intro straight away and get right into obviously what you're here for. Basil joins us again. How you doing, sir? Can't sound doing well. <laughs> Can't sound doing well. Can't believe I've been dragged into it this after what we saw yesterday, but uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Beaks, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm good. I'm healthy, I guess. Especially with United, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay today. I think I think we all know what today is going to be about. The title speaks for itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> so everyone, everyone that's watching, everyone that's feeling in, this one's going to be a roller coaster. <laughs> so, sorry, yeah. it's going to be a mad one. But yeah, we're good. We're good. And Sammy from the back page joins us. How you doing, sir? All right, you know, just. I'm happy that Arsenal fans are are sad, you know, I can't even lie. But... <laughs> Imagine look at look how things have changed from like three, four weeks ago. Crazy, right? Now. It is crazy. Imagine. Boy, we're you were the one selling them in fifteen. It's mad. It's actually mad. Um I would say let's get it straight into it, but we obviously have to talk about the uh, the sad news, the passing of uh, ex Liverpool manager Gerard Hulier, who died at the age of seventy three. Um, just coach, I didn't introduce you, coach Kojo, ever present coach Kojo. There you are. Uh, let's talk about his impacts for Liverpool just for a few minutes on Liverpool um, and on football to general. Yeah, for Liverpool, he was great. Uh, we're talking about he came in, he was in a weird period. They had two managers at the same time. I think it was him and Roy Evans. Mm-hmm. And Evans lasted four months. Um, and he stayed. And without sounding too disrespectful to Roy Evans, it was the best decision that Liverpool made <laughs> because he went there and he he brought through young players at Gerrard, gave him his debut, you know, gave him a chance on the first team, established him quickly. McLaughlin thrived under his management. Um in that 2000-2001 season, the treble mm. that they got, um, the League Cup, was League Cup, FA Cup, and Europe, Europe, well, UEFA Cup at the time. Um, so he did great things for them at a time where Liverpool were kind of like sleeping giants. He kind of gave them something to build on the platform. Um, obviously, he went through a lot of health worries in that time as well, 2001. Uh, the, the, apparently, the the time that he dedicated to work took um, a toll on his health. Stopped in 2004, did a comeback in 2009 with Villa, and again, health stopped him. Um, but overall, there's I don't think in any time that I've, I've read about managers, I don't think anyone said anything negative about the man, which is a testament to his character. He's a good man. Um, he was a great manager, um, worked for good talent, won trophies, and is well-respected in the English game as well, as well as in the footballing world in general. But we know him as Liverpool manager and also Aston Villa for a short while. So, um, yeah, much respect to him, to his career um, and to his life. He was a great man, uh, a great manager, as I said before. And may he rest in peace. Well put, well put. Let's uh, let's get into the games this week. I'd say 
we usually save the best till last, but it's just we might as well just rip that band-aid off, Basil. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the with the question. Who who's your next manager for our Arsenal Football Club? Damn. <laughs> Do you know what? Damn. I don't even think anyone wants to manage Arsenal Football Club. We're like we're we're so much of a shambles. Like honestly, I don't think any top manager would even want to step foot at Emirates and deal with what we're currently seeing right now. Because we have so much dross at the club. The players are just not good enough. And you have an owner who's not going to support you or back you any substantial amount of funds to actually change the whole environment at Arsenal. So it's just got to the point where we have to go for unknowns, unfortunately, or give someone a chance with some manager experience. None of that bringing someone who was someone's number two and understudy. But yeah, at the moment, I, I no, yeah. You can't even fling out names to come at Arsenal because it's unrealistic now. We've 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 fallen so far behind the pecking order. No one wants to join the club, in my opinion. Let's talk about the game. Um, according to Arteta, we dominated and uh, we just we just didn't end up putting the ball in the back of the net. Was is that a true reflection of the game? That's absolute nonsense. Honestly, I hate when Arteta speaks. I absolutely hate it because he would absolutely like to eloquently put things and gives you all the great analysis, all the great buzzwords, but it means absolutely nothing. He's trying to pull the wall over our eyes because what he says is not what we witness. <laughs> We're not fools. And ultimately, he, he's just clueless. He has no idea what he's doing. I mean, he's so rigid in his structure. Yesterday, I knew what was going to happen. We're going to play, 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 and we're going to go out wide. Our midfielders don't depart from being about 20 metres away from the defence. You have the two in midfield, and they never want to advance with the ball or play more or less a forward pass. They get it played backwards and play it out wide. And the same tactics we saw again, we're so easy to defend against. I mean, the tactics that we did against Burnley is what I expected Burnley to do, because they have Chris Woods up front who can actually um, cause an aerial threat. We have Lacazette and Aubameyang, who are not aerially great. And then you have Lacazette playing in like a, a number 10 position and it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. You can see that he's out of his depth in that position and he doesn't have the ability to, to play, make or link the defence and the attack. Uh, go to someone else. I need time to just recover for a because <laughs> I need time to recover a bit because I could go on all day. I don't want this to be like a, wow. another cable rant from how many years ago? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So let's break, up, let's, break, like... let's break it up a bit before I continue. <laughs> I don't know how many times I need to mention it. All we, we need to do is just clip that all that 40 minutes and put it in any any um episode. I was talking about Arsenal. It's the same nonsense that's happened year in, year out. It's, it's utterly insane. Guys, this can go to anyone. How how funny was it when Obamian scored the young girl? <laughs> Let me get this off. <laughs> you know what's so mad about this one, yeah? It's the fact that he ain't even scored in God knows how long. Obviously, other than the penalty at yeah, OT, it was like, yeah, Babin's gonna score. And then when I saw his hands go on his head, I realized, oh, hang about it, he scored the whole goal. Jesus is Lord. The way I jumped up from my seat. Now, you have to understand, the hatred I have for Arsenal is beyond any. Any limit. I, I grew up in London, cool. I went to school with a lot of Arsenal fans. And when I'm seeing the demise of your club right now, bro, it just brings the tears to my eye and I mean joy. <laughs> 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 you know what? If I, if I put that aside, yeah, 
there's a lot of problems at your club and there's a lot of problems at United, but we're talking about Arsenal now, right? 16 years, bro. 16 years. This is, uh, I don't even, you, you, it's like, where do you start? When you're hearing Evra come on TV oh. and say what he's saying about Henri saying, I'm turning the TV off. <laughs> Shaka's Ooh. Like, bro, that's when you got to draw a line and say, this is enough. Enough is enough. I'm coming from a club legend. Do you know what? Yeah. If we're gonna if, if if we have to be real, number one, I want to say Shaka uh, has to take the L on this one, yeah, and so does Arteta. You, you know, we talk about managers coaching, uh, managing their players and whatnot, yeah. This is like twice in how many weeks, bro? It happened with Pepe, no, it happened with Shaka. There's something wrong there. Do you understand? And then I'm hearing things like David Luiz is turning up to training and he's not even speaking to Arteta. Like, bro, that is a mad thing. Like, this ain't school, G. Like, what? what are you not talking to the manager for? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's like, just things like that. When you hear them little things, you know that, all right, cool. It's deeper than just football, man. There's a lot more to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that Burnley game, I don't know what it was, man. I just, I was uneasy. I actually thought it would be a draw. Let me not lie. I never, so in a million years, did I actually think that Arsenal would lose to Burnley. And you know what? I thought Arsenal would bounce back from you know, their previous L's. But this is what, this was the cherry on the top of the cake. And for, for just for Arsenal, man, like, what's next? I know, I know Basil's here, he's stressing, bro. Man had to pass the baton. Cahill, I can tell you're stressed. But let's be real, man. If we bring in another manager, it's going to probably be the same old thing, bro, because it's, 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 it's like a routine now. We bring in a manager, we do great. These players are going to bounce back and then they're going to head down the direction of what's happening now. You, I'm going to be real. I think a lot of personnel need to be changed in the squad. Everything just needs... You just need a real fresh uh, fresh start, man. I'm not going to lie. Do you, know, do you know what the thing is, right? And here's what I'm saying. Like, we everybody knows, because people want to absolve our test of, 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 like, what the problems are. Everybody knows, like... Um, there's bigger issues at Arsenal from obviously Kroenke, from the people's high below him who have no idea apart from football. Because the thing about it, the only two football people at Arsenal are Edu and Arteta. The right. rest of them are absolutely clueless. But my biggest issue with Arteta is that as a manager, you need to help yourself. And with that, you need to show like you're progressing, you have ideas, and then you can then put the blame on the players. Like when Klopp came at Liverpool, you saw the progression and what was happening. Like he got them to like League Cup finals, um, to the Europa League final. But you can tell that he needed extra players to support what he was trying to do. So in a way, you, you take the blame of, of, of Klopp and say, bring in the players and let's see what he can do. And you see what he, he's achieved. With Arteta, from a, from a football standpoint, Arsenal have zero creativity on that pitch um is the same ideas they don't know how to break down teams um some of his team selections are baffling i mean he's coming very heavy-handed in terms of how he's dealing with players um so you look at the example of ozil you look at saliba you look at Gwenduzi. um you know we're hearing the rumors about him with louise he's coming very hand very heavy-handed for a man with zero managerial experience with the players and for me is that at a club like arsenal because we don't have the depth and quality. You need to you need to keep the players on side. You can't come in and do that and lose about four or five players at Arsenal because they're going to do the same thing that they do every year with every manager. They're going to stop playing for you. And when Arsenal, Arsenal players stop playing for you, it's just an absolute disaster. And so he's come in extremely wrong, with the wrong attitude, in my opinion. And obviously you can tell like he, he doesn't have the right tactics to change things at Arsenal. 
So that's the reason why I put a lot of the blame on Arteta because he's not helping himself. And he's clearly looking like he's a man without any ideas, without a man who's not flexible and a man who doesn't know how to adapt as time is going on. And I think ultimately, if, if, he, had, if he had come in with fresh ideas and we saw what we were trying, I don't even know what our style of football is. If I if he came in and, and he came with a style and said, this is what I want to play, and I said, I can, I can follow that, then we can lay the blames on the players and on the, and on the um, people upstairs and say, you know what, they're the problem. But Arteta is just, is just as much to blame as everyone else. He is part of the cycle of problems. And ultimately, uh, we need to get rid of him. People are saying the players are players, but I, I say this, no one forced Arteta to join Arsenal, first and foremost. Secondly, he knew what plays he was handling. And Arsenal don't have a history of going out in the transfer market and buying four or five top quality players. So ultimately, he was actually brought in to coach what was there and improve it somehow. And he's not doing that. So we can't say, oh, he's not getting the players or he don't have the right play. He was never going to get the players. So ultimately, we had to lean on what does he have as a manager and um, his coaching abilities. And at the moment, he needs to go and manage an under-18 team, um, uh, another 14 team at another club just to get his stripes up because I don't see where he goes from here. You know what, he's, a, he's, a, he's, only, he's only there because of Pep. He's the only man that can get a job there because of Pep. No That's one else will, will be offered that privilege. I hear you. I hear you. But you know what it is? Like, don't, I don't want you to feel like you should put all the blame on Arteta, you know? Because... No, definitely not. I'm giving in 70% of the blame. Then we uh, can cool. talk about others. You know, I understand these players here are also professionals as well. Like, you might are getting paid to do a job. And you cannot now come out and, you know, just turn it on and off whenever you feel like it. Regardless of whether you don't like your manager or whatnot, you just got to perform. It's like every other day, like, there's people there's people like us who are doing nine to five or doing a normal job. We might not like our manager, do you get me? But it's what's putting the food on the table. Do you understand? Obviously, in football, it's different because these lot are still going to get paid. However, you lot are not just doing it for the money. You're doing it for the fans who are actually putting the money in your pockets. We pay week in and week out in order to get the the football that we want to enjoy. So I get what you mean. Like, I don't think you're being harsh, to be honest. I think it's all on Arsenal as well, because the fact that Arsenal had, you know, took it out of their own way to make sure they hired a manager who has zero experience, that's on them, G. That's, that's, I don't even know, I don't even know what's worse, yeah? Hiring someone with no experience or hiring someone who's already relegated a club in the Premier League to manage one of the uh, biggest football clubs in the world. Don't even get me started on that, but we can talk about that later. We'll see the balance there. I'm just saying, like, I get what you mean. I hear the frustration from Arsenal, man. Um, he's tried to come in, like you said, heavy-handed, but I don't know who he thinks he is. Maybe he thought he was Pep as well. He needs to look, he needs to look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, go on, exactly. That's exactly who he thinks he is. He thinks he's a pep in it. But I think where he's gone wrong is allowing the board to um, trick him into leaving Ozil out of this squad. It's yeah. it's bizarre to me. I think everyone, as much as everyone can say Ozil is um, this and he's that, I think with um, bringing in Partey in, I think with a creative midfielder, it would unlock so much. Now, as a manager, I think Arteta should have allowed Ozil to play and maybe show the board that, look, we need a creative midfielder to play. So even if we want to sell Ozil, we still need to bring someone in. But they haven't done that. And like they're bringing in Lacazette to play a 10. Who has ever seen Lacazette play a 10 in this Premier League? Nobody. 
No one in this world has seen Lacazette like play a 10. But I think what's gassed him... We did on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. But I, think, but I think that what's gassed um, Arteta is that he could he play a 10 throughout Europa and he's banging in maybe two goals. He thinks, yeah, it's going to work. But it's not going to work at the end of the day. And I think I've lost a little bit of respect um, for Arteta in terms of how he's dealt with the Ozil situation, to be honest. But yeah, that's my little two pence on that. I think what we need to do is just pick up on the, the way he came in. I think, I think what he needs to realise is that you, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. And the fact of the matter is uh, alienating players like Saliba, alienating players like Ozil, like Willock, like Maitland-Niles, like uh, Socrates, all these, these, are, these are literally names that are, are playing for Arsenal and are better than the people that are on the pitch right now. And he's alienated all of them. And we don't know why. Maybe because he, I don't know what he sees week in, week out in the training pitch that allows him to believe that holding is better than Saliba. I don't believe it is. Everybody know, everybody knows that. Uh, who, who's um, his partner in in at Saint Etienne? Um, oh, Fofana. Fofana. People were saying he was better than Fofana, and now he's balling out at Leicester. So what? what why can't Saliba? Ball? It, semantics, man. It's it's crazy to me. Um, I think we need to get down to. Who would you want as the manager? There are all, all these names that are, yes, we, we know we can't, we're not looking attractive right now, but the fact of the matter is, I think we can get somebody in if we, if we had to. Um, the names are always about our Allegri. Now there's um, Hassan Hutel now. Um, my, my personal pick before Arteta even got in was Nuno because it seemed like he had a, a plan or he plays with a plan and he plays with a style of football that is... Is quite attractive to watch. So I don't know who's on your list and who is who's looking most likely to come to Arsenal. Even, if even, they Sam, do. even, do even Sam Allardyce thinks he's got Stop. a now. No, 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 no. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. No, no, big Sam. No, Sean Dyche. Big Sam. No. Before you go, I, I, listen, it would not surprise me if Arsenal actually go for Eddie Howe because he's a free, he's uh, a free agent. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it actually I'm, wouldn't surprise me. Do you know when go back as interim? They should try and go and get Brendan Rodgers, you know. No. I think I think they should try and get Brendan Rodgers, personally. Too much money. Leicester won't. Leicester, Leicester will definitely. Arsenal, yeah, Leicester will definitely want a, a good amount of money for him. Uh, he's had his chance at the big time and he's shown that he's a, he's a choker. We don't need chokers right now. Exactly. <laughs> I think he'll get you to a better level, though. Yeah, yeah to the top four. Yeah, but, 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 but so could... Um, <laughs> But we gotta be real though. What's Arsenal's level at the moment? You want exactly. to be real with it, do you get me? No, but that's what I'm also saying. I'm also saying that names of Hassan who's all yes, who's doing well with Southampton right now, I think they're third right now. Yeah. Yeah. But he, if if you're saying that he wouldn't jump at a chance to manage a team like Arsenal, I think he, I, I would I would I would take I would take it all day. Yeah, it's a lie. I'm I'm talking about Nuno Spirit Santo, who's also on the same level as a Rogers. I'm in my personal opinion, I think he's better better than Rogers. Um these are the these are the guys that are going to get the best out of bad players or uh, you know screw it bad players best out of bad players because let's face it um southampton were what they were battling relegation last year look out look at where they are now they weren't they're not that good of a team Arsenal have a better team than southampton they have a better no better but say wolves maybe actually i'm not sure no, i was speaking to a friend about yes and i said this <clears throat> and i said this is this is more of an indictment on uh, marteta because when you look at all the other teams above him Southampton are playing great football, look organised. Player for player, mm. they don't have better players than Arsenal. 
same as you can say the same with Wolves. They don't have better players than Arsenal. Obviously, Brighton are where they are now. But even from a football standpoint, Potter has them playing football. And that's with average players. Um, Leeds, Fulham play better football than Arsenal right better, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fulham, we just caught Fulham at the right time. Fulham now mm. will ship in two or three goals against us if they want to. Same, but look at what Parker's doing with Fulham. You know, the, the front, the players at the front, they seem to be linking well with each other and there's a better understanding. That's with lesser players. Look what Bielsa's doing with Leeds. You know, you can't tell me man for man, but better than the players that are table before he came. But, Championship but they're, looking, table. they're looking like they're playing great football. So I sit there and I said, I don't understand why Arteta can't get a tune out of players who are international players. Players who we've seen can play football under the lights of Wenger, under the lights of Emery at the start of um, Emery's tenure. So, you know, it's, it, that's what I'm saying. I would rather take, yeah, it's, it, it looks bad on Arteta. But I would, I would happily take the Southampton manager because look at what he's doing with those players. Let him come in, sort out what we have, add a few players to it. And, you know, who knows what can happen. We'll, we'll be a better coach team and a better attractive team to watch. But hopefully, hopefully you can get someone that doesn't end up in the North London derby with Saka at right back. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to bring that game up? <laughs> I'm sorry. I told, I told you at the beginning because he's a pagan. That's why. He's a pagan. That's why. Bloody hell, man. Um, what? Do, okay. So now, as so as Arsenal fans, yeah, what is yeah. the solution? Like, where do Arsenal actually go go from here? Because we're actually in December. But there is no solution. The best you can hope is for bottom ten finish. <laughs> Honestly, by eleven for twelve. Yep. You're laughing, but that's that's that, that's the truth. Yeah. I think I, there's there's truth there's truth in that. We we're, have, we're not have, getting have top. You, have you seen Have you seen our next four games? Yeah. Yeah. We've got Southampton, yeah. then we've got Everton, we've got Chelsea, and then Brighton. Like I can't see us All getting more than two points in those games if we're lucky enough to get two points in those games. Hmm. Not in current form. Like, but like I said, I, I think it's down to the coach and. Hassan Hutu and Nuno Espirito Santo, even Bielsa, have had, have, do have worse players than us. But the fact of the matter is, they are coached, they have a plan, and they they follow through to that plan. They believe in that plan. I don't think anybody in that team, regardless of what they say, like Kieran Tierney today, uh, I don't think you can take anything that he says seriously, considering he tucks in his shirt every time he plays. Like it's what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? He, he said that we believe in this manager, and it's like no, no, no he's, he's lost, the, he's lost the players. He's lost the players. We, we, back, we back the manager, and it's like no, we'll stop it. Yeah, but he's one of them ones that even that Celtic when they had bad moments, he would never come in and say, "Oh, the man." No, but that's what I'm saying. Like he's yeah. he tucks in his shirt. He, there's no way he's going against the grain. There's no way he's going against the grain. Um, what, like, oh, hey, man, like, respect him. Stop that. And also, I need to get onto William because people are. Everybody's uh, praising Williams' current performances, and it's like, no, realize what he realize what he done. I don't know anybody praising. Praise I don't know anybody praising him. Ah, oh, you need to watch AFTV, bro. Um, uh, it's like, what are you? What are you, you realize what William has has done for the most for the for the majority of his career? Go down the byline, try cross the ball in. Of course, that's gonna look, it's gonna look good if he's putting, putting balls in. That's all we fucking do. I'm, I'm getting mad now. And he's, Listen, he's, pre, he's pretty much Antonio Valencia with a left foot. That's all he is. He is he's a dead yeah, player. We need to get him is. out of the Here's the thing, Kale. When I mean it's criminal, and this is what I mean about Arsenal and where everything is just wrong upstairs. 
Because Williams' career at Chelsea, people like to praise it. It's never been good. His output has been trash since the day he signed for um, Chelsea. If you check his goals and his assist records over the period of time he's been at Chelsea, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. But then people say, oh, he works hard. He works for the manager. I say, all right, cool. But what does he do in the final third? Nothing. And that's so the only like time... That's only time like he, is it yeah, the only time he really sort of turns up is when, oh, I need a new contract extension. But maybe you can turn it on for a bit. But even then, <laughs> it's not to any good standard. And the fact, like I said... The fact that Chelsea were not willing to offer him a three-year deal, Chelsea are like, oh, you can go off in a free, says it all. But only Arsenal, only Arsenal can go in there and offer Willian at 32 years old a three-year contract. Only Arsenal can do that. And that think, was, that oh, was, he's going that to was do an something. Arteta decision. He that fought hard decision. for that. He fought so hard for that. It's a joke. Um, Willian, extension for David Luiz. The I mean, party yeah. decision. I mean, I mean, it's looking I mean, ridiculous now. Hmm? Do you Am I frozen? No, Vix, oh, Vix, what do you no. I said, how many years is David Luiz? 33? Yeah, 33. Oh, one. Sorry, it's one year. Oh, one yeah, year. one year. Didn't Cedric Suarez get four-year contract? Yeah, Cedric Suarez got four He's years. Mari, listen, listen Mari, Mari, got, Mari got four years too. <laughs> we bought these two on loan. They barely kicked a ball, ball for us last season. We gave them four-year deals. Even to this day, they barely kicked a ball for us. It's criminal what's going on at Arsenal. Absolutely Horrendous, criminal. Man. And this is the man we're supposed to trust who's signing off on these things. For an extra 10 million, we could have got the Corey and, and, um, and um, Alan, who are, who are doing much better at, at Everton than Partey's done for Arsenal, yeah. albeit he's well, been that's, injured. That's and again, as well. Again, it, it's something it, I know it's if, buts, and maybes, but the cold, like Arteta, also hiring Arteta as a manager, that for me, yeah. After six months, you need to get thrown in jail. Okay, we've even let Arteta off the hook with something. Let's look at the party injury. My guy was injured for how long? Came on, came to train on a Friday, and it was starting on a Saturday. What did you expect? Of course, he was going to get injured. And then when he was injured, you pushed him back onto the pitch. I don't understand. If you not want him out, call the police and tell him Honestly, how can you push my man back onto the pitch? How dare you do that? How dare you do that? Yeah, oh. obviously you man were doing the Neo party hard man. So, <laughs> party hard man. Come on, man. Honestly, I, I, it's 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 a weird one for me. Like I just I don't know how 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 many injuries has Party had in his whole career. He comes to Arsenal, he's out for he's out. For Arsenal, everybody has it. Even when, well, even when Welbeck came, no injuries at United. He came to Arsenal, injured for most of his careers. Crazy. Every player that comes there, honestly, our medical team. That's another one we need to sort out. We've let the medical team off the hook too, because our oh, injury problems you. over the years has been horrific. <laughs> You should go back to that forty-minute run. I think I think I mentioned I mentioned the medical team to me this. Week. You went through all the stuff and you named the one by one as you would have gone. It's crazy, it's criminal, man. It's criminal. Would you um, would you guys would you guys forgive Arteta if he like at least experimented in the sense that maybe gave like Reese Nelson more games or I, I, I would, or, um, and I think he can save us. He can save himself if he did. I think if he changed tactics, my thing is that if he changed tactics and also switched up the players a bit, then you can't you can't really blame him because then you can look at it and say, well, the players aren't good enough. He can only work with what he has. But the fact that he's not even trying any of that, 
is it, it looks bad on him. Like I said, Jacken and Elneny. I don't even know how on earth Elneny found his way back into that Arsenal team. Mm-hmm. He's been missing for like two years. How's he back into the Arsenal team? Like, over Maitland now, over, over um, Dunduzi, over Torreira, Willock. I even forgot, I even, yeah, I even forgot he probably the yeah, Torreira too. I think that the reason why he's probably picked um, someone like Onini is because he's disciplined to a degree. I don't think Maitland and Niles in midfield, you're going to get a disciplined Maitland and Niles. Let's be honest about that. Yeah, but you can have discipline, but if you're a horrible defence midfielder, then you're going to ship goals regardless. It doesn't matter about discipline. It doesn't matter, matter about work rate. If but you're horrible you. at your job, you're going to be horrible. I, I hear you, but I think I think the whole premise of El Nini playing was obviously for them to think, yeah, party was going to you know be that be that ultimate stopper and then maybe play the ball to El Nini. Because to be fair, El Nini, El Nini can actually kick ball. To be what, fair, what he's good at. He can actually kick ball. Let's <laughs> say what ball? Hey, I've been watching a different one any day. But then, but then, when they're all fit, though, when they're all fit, he still plays Partey next to Xhaka. Yeah, and more importantly, the most, even though he's not a creative midfielder, the most creative midfielder in that team is Tobias, and he's not seeing pitch. So, really and truly. Ah, there's no defense for this man at this point, to be honest. Like, there's actually no defense for him at this point. It, it's you know not. What? Look, I say, look. I say, cut ties with Arteta immediately, man, because it's just, it's just, it's just a downward spiral. Honestly, get Big Sam. At least Big Sam will study the shirt, man. Get Sam You're taking the mix. Absolute joke, man. Absolute joke. What for? What? What? What for? Sam us to buy Andy Carroll. That's crazy. Oh, listen. At least Sam Allardyce has a tactic. Facts. Route Facts. one. Route one. Yes. Oh, Bro, route one. We're getting. Back. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we laugh and we joke, but seriously, that wouldn't work at Arsenal because you don't have to play to play route one. So we just we just we'll just be suffering for no reason. Uh, even more, even more. So honestly, try your best to get either Hassan Hootle or um, uh, Wolfsman. Nuno, Nuno, Espirito Santo. I think they're, they're the ones that are going to kick us on. Because you just need to give them a chance at the top. If you give them a chance at the top, they might succeed. If they don't succeed, then there's no skin off our back. We're, we're, we're 15th. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, um, but here's the thing, Kayo. Even if, let's say we sacked our, hypothetically, we sacked our tester in, let's say, in January, and we went in for both of them. They, I don't even think they would even leave their jobs to come and join Arsenal. No, mm, I know. Man, I, I, <sighs> You got to offer them. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you must be. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. This is we're in a horrible position, and I don't know. I can't even see it getting better. That's the thing. I'm. I'm. We're in a relegation battle. Arsenal are in a relegation battle. We can't. We can't hide it anymore. That's what we are. We're. We're looking to get forty points. I don't think we can. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think we can. Arsenal, forty points. Yeah, it's looking like that, Mike. Boy, like that's that. crazy, you know. I love this. Think of it like this, right? I think before then, the last pitch was what United, right? But even yeah. then, is that like we scraped that because before the penalty, I didn't see Arsenal scoring. I thought that match was actually going to be a nil-nil until Pogba gifted us. <laughs> 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 
That match, we yeah, so that match you had us. You, 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 you didn't. You just didn't take. We, we, we were the better team because Ole made us a better team because United that, sat back. Yeah, hundred percent. That, that that one don't even. I don't even like. <laughs> just to really don't say his name, man. Don't Bradley. say his name. Uh, you know what, guys? Um, Kale, Kale and uh, Basil, I'm just going to run through some fixtures. All I need is win, lose, or draw. That's it. Because I need to actually gauge the kind of points you think you guys will receive because this is this is scary. Yeah. Right. So you've got, you've also oh, got Southampton on Wednesday. Yeah, we're, lo- we're losing. No. We're losing. No, no, no. no. We're losing. There should, there should be some W's in here, surely. Like, no, there's serious. no go, go ahead. Let's go. Southampton, we're losing. <laughs> you said there's W's already. Yeah, All right. Cool. Southampton um, on Wednesday. Yeah, we're losing. Fuck it all. <laughs> Everton, oh Everton away, shit. Yeah, we're losing that one too. Chelsea, <laughs> we're definitely losing that one. Brighton, we'll probably just walk over draw. West Brom, come on. That's three points. That has to be three points. That's three points. That's three points. Where, where, where are we playing? Is that way? Yeah. No, nah, nah, I see West Brom nicking that. Nah, if he's still in this job and you lose to West <laughs> Brom, yeah. even that can apply then. No, nah, I, <laughs> nah, I see us. I see us because of the issues are style of play. We don't have any creativity. So, and yours then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it's our style of play. Is there's a difference between maybe if you're creating chances, then you can say we can go in there and do something, but we don't create any chances. So wait, <sighs> who's your, actually your most creative player at Arsenal right now? Bar, bar, Mister uh, Ozil. No, bar him, who's the next like creative? Pepe. Yeah, yeah. in terms of the yeah. chances created, yeah. Pepe. Yeah, I guess so. maybe yeah. Pepe. Yeah. Mm. But he's not seeing pitch anyway. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> playing him in the ten though. That's it. No, that's not. No, like... but giving him games in general, what's Willian doing? Yeah, but in fairness, you could give it. You could give it a try. I mean, we're failing in every every other area, so you could actually try to play in a ten. I don't think I would like to see Pepe do what he does on the wing. In a ten situation, because he does too much chopping and changing, like he That's does. True. There's no, there's no end product there. So I think a lot of players would get annoyed with him with how much he keeps yeah. the ball. So, uh, so does he? Does Pepe? Does, does Pepe stay? If because I mean, what he didn't? Did he come on in the North London derby? No, he was he was banned. Well, he was banned. Oh yeah, he was suspended. And bad, yeah. So he's he's playing. So you play Europa League football. Um, so he is playing those games, um, but I, I think he'll be back in the team because William is playing that bad. I think he'll probably get William. And Personally, I think that Pepe is a fraud. I, I thought that Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna be honest because I was actually someone that I thought Pepe was gonna bang. I thought, right, you know what? He has little things that can make him into like a into a world beater in terms of um, end product, but he does too much um, cutting back. Too much bunning one man and two man, and he, I think he's a he's a he's a YouTube player. He wants to go go on YouTube to look at his skills. That's what he is. Pepe plays like how he plays in secondary school in the playground. Yeah, bro. literally, that's how he plays. Yeah. Man said he wants to go on YouTube to see those. <laughs> yeah, that's what he wants to go and do. <laughs> go and share in the chat with, with his boys on, on WhatsApp. Hey, man said, are you, man? Look at what I did today. <laughs> you know that Pepe's one of those man, yeah? His team will lose, but he'll tell his girl, but babe, I scored a hat-trick. That's what he will do. That's, that's what Pepe is. 
I'm with Sammy on this one. I actually thought, yeah, it was gonna be a problem, innit? Yeah, I thought, right, Arsenal side Pepe, you know. Mm-hmm. And all I've seen my man do is headbutt and do a few chops there and there. I don't know, man. I don't know whether you cut ties with Pepe and you look for someone. You know what? I actually, because I said this, I remember I said it to my brother, who's an Arsenal fan, and I said to him, you should look, you lot should have got for Pe- um, Zaha. And he was like, no, nah, Zaha, look, we got Pepe right there. And I was like, bro, you have not seen Pepe play like that. Let's be real. You have you have Zaha, who is team in the Premier League week in and week out. I just don't understand. You probably would have got him for cheaper as well, not for 70 odd million. No, they were trying nah, to the Palace was trying yeah. to sell Zaha for 80 mil. 80 that's million, yeah. That's the reason that's the reason why. Yeah, that's the reason why Arsenal go for Zaha. But would it would it have would it have been more common sense to have gone for Zaha? because he's I don't like doing the whole Premier League proven rubbish, but yeah. He would have he made, it would have made more sense for him to fit in your side because he could play left and right. I don't think Zaha would be that great at Arsenal. I think that Zaha is at a stage where he's he's going to be a king at Palace yeah. and be that king. Go and get your statue at Palace and do your thing. I don't think if he was to go to a bigger club, I don't think Zaha has the discipline to follow instructions like that. Because see, at Palace, he like he's the man, so he can do whatever he likes. I think under Arteta and this little... You know, army regimenting. I don't think it's going to happen for him. I disagree, fam. I disagree on that one because Zaha United. I think that was way too early. That's number one. And obviously, finding his feet with David Moyes, all of that, it's just it's just hell along. So he's gone back to Palace and he's doing what he's doing. I think he's at a stage in his life and in his career that yeah, all right, cool. I'm ready for the big move. I think I can do what what it takes to get to that stage. And what he's doing at Palace is amazing. I get what you mean in ten, in, in sense of he might not be disciplined enough to follow instructions, but as a player, as a man, you've got to go through that and you know learn to adapt. It doesn't matter who you're playing under. I think if he was under Arteta, it would have been a lost cause. Yes, I agree. But if you're playing with uh, under another manager who's more, much more better than Paul, I think it would it, it would have been better. I, me personally, if he didn't go Arsenal, I think Dortmund would have been the right call because I actually thought if United had got Sancho, Zaha should have gone Dortmund and do his thing there. That it's would have been perfect. It's too, it's too much money. I mean, I felt so for Emery because Emery actually wanted Zaha, and obviously it was the board that told him, "No, nah, now nah, we're going to bring in Pepe, and this is the guy you're going to have." So they went against what Emery wanted. The biggest issue with Zaha is that even though he's at Palace, his stats aren't great in terms of goals and assists. And so when, so the issue you have is that when teams are coming to Palace for Zaha, because he's the main man, they're saying 80 million plus. And obviously teams are looking like, well, for that price tag, his output is not good enough. So no one wants to take the risk at Zaha. So I think Zaha is stuck because his end product hasn't been great since joining Palace. I mean, if you actually look at his goal record and his assist record, it's one of the worst of any of like, of, of that level of calibre of play in the league. It's actually one of the worst in the league. It's terrible. But by it's actually sometimes, terrible. Sometimes, You've sometimes, hit the nail on the head there. I get, I think you, you can say he's not playing with the right quality of players, but then when you look at the chances he missed or his decision-making in the mm. box, when he should put it across and he doesn't, it's evident to see why 
his numbers aren't higher than it is. Sometimes you can help yourself by actually doing the right things and say like, okay, I just don't have enough quality. Like you look at a Jack Grealish, he does a lot, but then he doesn't have, last season have a, as much quality. But sometimes you see the end product a bit and sometimes players not finishing it off. But then Zaha is, is sometimes the opposite. Should square it, doesn't square it. He's fit. I mean, even last week, not the match, not the this match, but the um, match beforehand, where, where I think he blazed the ball over the bar um, in a in a one on one position. We see that far too often for him. So then teams are just like, we're not going to waste money on someone who doesn't provide the output because when you're playing for like the big four or five clubs, that's what they want. They want in those opportunities. Those are the key differences between winning the key matches and helping us win titles and us losing matches or not getting the points we need. And you need players who are going to be clinical in that final third. No, I hear you. I don't think anyone's worth 80 million. I don't think Zara's worth 80 million. No, However, like sometimes you just got to look. Sometimes I guess stats in this day and age are such a huge thing. But what I'm trying to say, if you were to put him in the city side and he's playing under Pep, that could change, bro. I think he can work on that end product. Like he's at, he doesn't have to work on that at, at, at Palace. You're playing yeah. under, you're playing but, under Roy Hodgson, bro. You know what I'm but, no, but, Bex, but but this is what I'm trying to say now. I don't think, yeah, that Zaha, if he was at a seat, I don't think he'll be disciplined enough to follow instructions like that. Because if Pep is going to tell him Zaha, I just want you to stay on the wing. Don't come inside. Don't do nothing apart from Zaha will come into the wing, into the middle to try and get that ball. But because at Palace, he can do whatever he likes. He has the keys there. So you might as well just stay there. Do your thing with all, this, all the South man, Eze, and all the dead lot. And get me. That's it. That's it. Trust me. If, if, if I was Zaha, I would stay at um, Palace and tell them, bring all the man from South that are ballers. Get me. Let's enjoy ourselves. That's it. Working out. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway, we we don't tend to usually spend like forty minutes on clubs that are fifteenth. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> hey, we uh, spend forty minutes on Arsenal. We've done that before. We keep doing. It. Shut him up. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's quickly just brush past this Manchester derby because this was one of the worst games, not only in Manchester derby history, probably in Premier League history as well. Actually, it was absolute boring. It was a bore fest. Um, so Sammy, uh, what do you think of the game? And let's let's try and do this quickly, please. Do you know what? Yeah, I think United should have won that game, or because for, for me personally, I think United have the better team. Oh, personally, okay. I think the United have the better team. If, if, we're looking, if, if we're looking on paper, paper right. right now, United have the better team. That's a big call. Cool. Okay, so you know, let's let's compare the the best eleven of both sides then, because that one is that's a big call. Cool. I've I've never heard anyone, anyone honestly, say that. I, I, like it might. I know this might be a big shout, but I honestly think that right now, on looking at paper, player for player, United have the better team. For me, I would have started Cavani yesterday, um, to you know bring movement. But again, this twat of a guy doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting for United to you know tell him he needs to become a number two or better yet just leave the club. I don't know, man. I just all I need is Olegon Solskjaer to leave my club. I've been screaming this for the longest. I will I won't stop screaming it. Um, that's what I have to say, really. I don't. Yeah, United are annoying me. I can't lie. As much as we're like, mate, we're like, where are we in the league now? What? United on ninth, I believe. Oh, ninth or whatever, wherever we are. It's like on. I think until Ole Gunnar Solskjaer leaves, 
um, United are not going to do as well as we should. Yeah, I agree. So, okay, I'm going to, because that, that statement that you made, it kind of threw me because I've never thought of it like that. So I'm just going to put the, I'm going to do a 4 3 formation since it's free midfield. Mm-hmm. And all of us just say, when I say the names you say, which name you think is better, I'll just do a best 11, in my opinion, for both sides, mm-hmm. yeah? Okay. So De Gea, Edison, Basil? De Gea, all day long. It's, yeah, um, I don't think Edison's a great goalkeeper. But... De Gea, De Gea, De Gea. Right, cool, so we'll go in that order, yeah? All right, cool. Yeah. Wan-Bissaka, Walker? Walker. Walker, Walker. Okay. Lindelof, Ruben Diaz. It's it's uh, it's hard because Ruben Diaz has only just joined, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen that much. Yeah, I'm okay. Lindelof. I yeah, I'll go I'll go Lindelof just because I haven't seen enough. Okay, yeah. I I I I firmly disagree, but okay, I'll give you that one. Um, Maguire, <laughs> Laporte, <laughs> obviously Laporte. Um, <laughs> Tellers or Cancelo. I'll go Cancelo. I think Cancelo is improving. Mm. But to yeah. be fair, I like I like Tellers though. He's got so, I like him. He's got that man. That man can't defend to save his life, man. Chuck him in the bin. But again, do you know what is? I agree with you, but we're in this gener- we're in a generation in a footballing world where you don't have to defend anymore. It's all about yeah. your fullbacks attacking. So if we're go- if we're talking about attack, I think Tellers. He's he's got good delivery. I was I think I'll go for him personally. Okay. Well, I mean, see. Okay, let's see. Cause see. I'm saying Cancelo. Yeah, I'm going to Cancelo too. Okay. Um, well, City have a lot of uh, midfielders. So let's say we're talking De Bruyne, Fernandinho and Bernardo? Or should we go somewhere else? Foden, yeah, let's, maybe? Yeah, let's put in Bernardo in there, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. So that goes against the midfield of Pogba, Van der Beek and Bruno, being those three being United's best three midfielders. So I, I would take I would take United's mid, midfield, personally. Okay, wow. I, I wouldn't. Don't you, yeah, and no, I'll take City's midfield. Okay, Beaks? I'm mixing it up. Yeah, the only person I'll how, switch how, is how many more? Bruno. Okay, so if you have to mix the three, who's where? So who? I know KDB walks, KDB walks in. KDB walks in that. Quick. Oh, all day long, all day long. Yeah, KDB. So, so who's United midfield? Fred McTominay and um... no, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing that fraudulent midfield. <laughs> we're doing the best midfield that actually works. Okay. So, because <laughs> if you do that, we've really lost this argument. There's no point going forward. Okay. So, I said Van der. I was doing just the, the best midfielders at the club are Van der Beek, Pogba, and Bruno. Not in particular, no particular order. So if you had to mix the three, who goes in? KDB is definitely in. Who uh, is there to? I can't lie, yeah. I'll I'll put Van der Beek in there as well, you know. Okay. I'll play Van der Beek, um, KDB. And because I have a soul tie, I'll play Pogba. Okay. Uh, okay. That that does take away Bruno's numbers, even though I have said in the last couple of months he has dropped stinkers, but he produces somehow. It's you know what it is I like Bruno. <laughs> But I might be wrong in this, but I feel like Bruno's a bit he's a he he stat pads a bit personally for me. I don't know. Uh, can't lie to you, bro. I do not like that term, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, like um if you get me, I, I hear I, I know it's a it's a it's a mad it's a mad statement to me, but I feel like he just I don't know, man. Okay, and then the front three, so that would be Sterling, that would be Aguero when he whenever he's alive and fit. And who would be the last one? Maris? Yeah, let's say Morris. Yeah, Morris. Okay, versus the front three of Marcia, Rashford, and Greenwood, I guess. Oh, oh, oh to be fair, Okavani. 
Okay, so I'll put Rashford on the right, Cavani middle, and Martial. And no, I'll put no, 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 no. I'll put Mason Greenwood wherever Martial needs to be. I, I can't have that man. <laughs> but I've got yet. Take the city no. free all day long because Rashford for me is inconsistent. I oh, mean, people God. like to, people like to, Morris is inconsistent though. I, I get it, but because the reason why I, put, I have Morris over Rashford because Morris is naturally a wide man when can create for me. Mar I don't think Rashford is a wide man, I think he's what? like, a, I think he's more of like a, a second striker, someone that plays off somebody. Like it's out wide because there's, there's a lot of games where he actually goes missing playing out wide, and I look at it as that like, it's because he's naturally not a winger. It's interesting you said that because when it's coming up through the youth and the uh, reserves, he yeah. was playing behind the striker in lineups. That was his natural position. Yeah, so I don't know exactly. if he's actually. No, I can't remember if he, was, uh, he did used to play out wide in, in reserves as well. He did, yeah, he did. He did. I think what it is is that I think what people have done with players like that is because they have certain attributes, they've tried to shoehorn them into a particular mm. position in mm. terms of that he's quick, he can dribble, he's got a bit of trickery. But ultimately, if you haven't grown up playing your trade in a certain position, it's very different when you're trying to put someone there. And so, ultimately, like I said, he, I don't think he's a wing. Like, I don't think he's, I think he can play in a free where there's fluid movement, as mm -hmm. we saw at the back end of last season between him, Marshall, and Greenwood, where they were always rotating. So it suits him. But then when you're asking him to stick out wide, I, he, for me, he goes missing. He goes absolutely missing. I agree. Okay. All right. So um, with that statement, then, does that still change your Does that change your opinion, Sammy? Or are you still... No, I, still, I honestly still believe that. I think that because of the manager that we have here, it's, it will, we will say that our United on paper might not have the better team but with a better manager i think yesterday's game was a game for the taking i think that i think that we could have attacked them a bit more personally for me but yeah biggs no i'm, I'm i i get i get what sammy's saying i think united just didn't take it to them but then again like this city is not in gear two or three i think this city side has been like that since liverpool applied so much pressure on them like they can't breathe it's like liverpool just got covid bruv we can't deal with it <laughs> like they put Klopp put so much pressure on pep like man for Nah, Gio, what, what am I doing, bruv? Like, man, playing two DMs against Man United, bro. Do you know that? That's crazy, you know. Pep don't do that, bruv. Pep don't come to old. You think Pep cares about coming to old team and playing with two DMs with Fernandinho and Rodri? Like, bruv, when I saw that, I said, raw. Okay, so he's cautious about United counter attack. And, bruv, look, listen, it was not. It's, look. They nullified that. They made sure that that wasn't going to happen. And United didn't have any other option, bro. And that was the problem. I'm not saying that, like, United didn't defend well properly because they did. Cool. But other than that, going forward, final third, we were poor, bro. Mm -hmm. We were poor. Very. Rashford, Rashford and Greenwood were out too wide. Then you had Bruno playing like this false nine. I just, I, did, I don't like that. Sometimes just switch it up. You know, if someone's not playing well, Bring someone on. When Fred, like, this is how dead this manager is. When Fred got a knock, I see Matic warming up. I went, 
this is cursed him, bro. I said, this man ain't got a clue. And Sky Sports are so cheeky as well. The way they just panned the camera to Matic and then they panned it over to Oli to say to United fans, look at your manager. (laughs) (laughs) That's how mad the situation is. And unfortunately, this is what we have to this is what we have to deal with. And what's annoying is that this draw is not gonna mean anything because if we lose midweek, then what what then? Do you get me? Like, how can we be playing for a draw? Oli said, I'm going to play for a draw, bro. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, he played for that draw and said, I don't want to get beat. Carb, we just got done time. If I lose, my job's gone. He knows it, bruv. He's on the brink. Yeah? yeah. Like I said on Beats Corner the other day, go home to your wife, bruv. That's Christmas it. is approaching. That's yeah? it. Look after your kids, bro. <laughs> don't worry about, about us. We are fine. Okay, leave us alone. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Winning Champions League and all that. Right now, this is 2020. I'm looking at you as the manager, not the player. Go home. Home. Norway. If the social yeah, had any integrity, he would just go to the board and say, you know what? I'm not the right man for the job. Wow. Simple. Just do that, Do you know what the problem is after watching that game? For me, it just tells me where football is and we're losing all creativity that we used to have. And the thing is that even in games like that, you may still set up to be organised, but then you allow your flair players or your mavericks to go out and do the magic. Now, even when I watch even teams like Liverpool or Chelsea, you've got your creative players doing like defensive duties or running around and being organised. Whereas like for me, football now is too tactical. And even Fergie, when he set up, he always had a plan. Like, even if I'm going to set up to, to, to be tight and organised, when United were flying on the counter, I mean, they were flying. You saw the best out of your creative players um, um, when they had the ball and trying to break down teams on the counter. Now it's like, even like, for instance, I knew it was bad when Sterling had the ball in acres of space and didn't want to take on Wan-Bissaka. Turn around with the ball and then played it to the midfielder. And I thought, he's got earth... yeah. I, I sat down and I was like, what on earth is that? Even a few <laughs> times, he didn't really have the beating of him and he just stopped. And I, and then I watched Palace and I thought, look at the difference. Zahar's getting the ball and he's attacking the fullback every time he, every chance he gets. And I'm now looking at these big clubs and they're so scared of losing that. We're losing the entertainment factor in football now. There's no way I should be going to a, a City United and watching a boy un- um, nil-nil draw. I think that that's the advert for the Premier League. I mean, it's football. It's, I worry for football. We're going for a cycle now where I think we're losing the entertainment factor because managers are too scared and too tactical. Is that why? Is that why people? I guess because the um, shout out eyes on the ball, uh, Daniel and the crew, they did um, a podcast on number tens, and yeah. obviously the number tens have been known for the past and how football today tries to say that number tens are dead now. They don't mean much. Is that, do you think that's why? The Urzels um, and all those have been phased out to an extent. That's why you've got someone like KDB who is called a robot. But if we're being completely honest, the guy has got the creativity to create havoc in, in, in especially in number 10 position, but it tends to be always being made to shift out, ride, out wide and just whip balls in as if like he's a reborn David Beckham, even though Beckham was playing that position. So Beckham was always going to be in that position. Do you feel like they, the, they're purposely doing these things now. Do you think football, even counter-attacks will t- um, look structured now? Yeah, Everyone's yeah, running yeah. in one direction. You know, think, it's not, not free-flowing. Not... I, I think you can take Ozil out of that discussion because obviously we saw um, a regression in Ozil at Arsenal. 
Um, so even before, like, the only reason why Arsenal fans are screaming for Ozil is because he's been missing for so long and things are so bad. But these were the same fans who were calling for him to be out of the squad. <laughs> um, so a lot of Arsenal fans are absolute hypocrites in regards to that. I haven't changed my stance with Ozil. I think he should be in the team. But the issue is that Ozil wasn't performing. He didn't perform in big games. He'll go missing. He'll walk around. Ozil needed to be out of that Arsenal starting lineup. He's, it was, he, he still has his uses in certain games, but we never. it wasn't the same Ozil that we saw in Real Madrid. But you're right in terms of the phase now of number 10s. Because now every player has, has to have a structured role, every player now coming through has to be now athletic, be able to run, be able to be physical, be able to, to be able to have like attributes that back in the day no one cared about. If you had the talent, you could always work on being more physical. You could always work, um, work on learning the... Um, learning tactics for games but the issue is that now from the youth system it's completely flipped on his head as soon as you get a player they're teaching them how to work within a structure you can't have you don't have the creativity or the freedom as you do beforehand so now when players are coming through you're not looking and thinking oh like that's a talented player look how free he's playing the last we saw of it is actually Mbappe since since the inception of Mbappe who has come through that we're looking like he's special like he's everyone now has a structured role that they're playing, and everyone now fits to play, you know, the the description of what is required for each position on the pitch. And because of that, we're losing the Marics, we're losing the creativity. We no longer have like the, the Ronaldo's, um, the Cristiano Ronaldo's, the Kaká's, um, the Del Piero's. You know, is a dying breed. And I think maybe soon it may come back, but we've lost all of that. Yeah, that's 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 partly why I was, I was so gassed to get Bruno Fernandes to the club because I was becoming one of those fans that from the day we were linked with him, I started watching sporting games for fun. And luckily for me, on free sports, when I'm in my room chilling, yeah. um, they show Portuguese football along others. So I was getting to watch him. They'll show 90 minutes and the guy was just enjoying. He gave me that, that, that enjoyment of watching these throwbacks and yeah. seeing that in him. But he's come to United and United are again another structured club. And they want to play a certain way, so he's not looking. Um, he's not looking as free as you think he could be, and it's quite yeah. jarring to um, watch him. I think Bix had to kick. So Bix, if you're not coming back, thank you for coming on. His description is in the bio as well. Uh, we'll do one game quickly, and then we'll put two games one together to just um, do a quick preview for the big game on Wednesday. Yeah. Chelsea lost one nil to Everton. That's a result that's being kind of brushed under the carpet because. From what I was hearing, maybe this week and two weeks ago, Chelsea was suddenly becoming title challengers. What happened in this game? Uh, we'll start with Sammy. Do you know, like? I think that Chelsea losing, honestly, I don't think it's a big deal. I think that <laughs> watching the game, um, I think they were just very unlucky. They weren't clinical enough. And that's just football yeah. at the end of the day. Sometimes mm. it's your day, sometimes it's not. I think that Chelsea are still title con um, contenders. Um, so I just, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, yeah, Everton done their thing really as well. Everton played out of their skin. That's the honest truth. They played out of their skin, um, against Chelsea. Um, so I don't think Lampard or the players have anything to worry about. I don't think fans should now be like, oh, Chelsea, see what I mean? Havertz this way, not like it doesn't matter, man. It's football. The, the, the Havertz thing has annoyed me because people are starting to go into his neck and I'm like, he's just come to this league. He's playing in a different, completely different position and role than he was at Leverkusen and for Germany or Lampard. And thirdly, he got COVID. And 
any professional that's got COVID in any sport can tell you that it's not taken a week for them to get back to full fitness. Yeah. They are struggling. It's not that simple. Um, Basil, yeah. earlier this season, Everton were being called... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everton were being called uh, title challenges. Yes, um, I'm, and Mo, I hope, I hope I see your name right. Uh, Basil to my left or my right. I don't even know what is on your this. Left, your left. My left is... Um, it's an Arsenal fan, so we're here to talk. We've, we've spoken about Arsenal anyway, so you can catch that on here. Um, but yeah, Everton were started off the season well, and you know, were, were given that tag of suddenly title challengers, and you know, because of the signing of James Rodriguez and so on and so forth, game challengers, and Carlos Ancelotti who's won the Premier League before, but um, they fell off. But this is a big result. But what what do you see for Everton? Because right now, I'm unsure about what they actually are doing. So, so there's there's a few issues there. I think Everton will probably finish around maybe sixth or seventh in the league. Um, I've always said this: they still have more or less the same defence. That's one thing. Obviously, they bought in um, who's the player they bought in from? Uh, was it Norwich? They bought him from? Oh, um, Ben God- Ben Godfrey. Yeah, Ben Godfrey. But obviously, like he obviously he was part of a Norwich team that got relegated, so he still has to work his way up and you know improve. Um, they still have Michael Keane there, who for me is one of the worst defenders in the league and one of the worst defenders I've laid eyes on. Yeah, Ramina isn't a consistent defender. Seamus Coleman is still there. Um, Digny, I think Digny is a good fullback going forward, but defensively isn't great. And ultimately, if the back four isn't great, the full, you know, you need your fullbacks to also do their job. And so I think because they never really invested properly in the defence and they still have Pickford in goal, I couldn't see them sustaining a league challenge, as people are saying, or even a proper top four challenge. And then secondly, I think one of the biggest issues they have is that they rely too heavily on Dominic Carvey-Lewin because if he gets injured, there's no replacement. Or even in games where he's fading or offering very little, who do you, who do you bring on to, to help him out or replace him? There's no one there. And then secondly, I've always said that apart from their starting lineup, they don't have depth and quality. So there's not really so much quality they can bring off the bench to change things and for me that like if you're going from an Everton who have been lingering around they may be finishing around ninth or 10th and you're talking about challenging for top four you need a good squad because when you think about the initial like when you think about the top six even taking well I'm only putting Arsenal there only because of um, history Mm-hmm. Um, consistency of, of being there when you look at them they know how to rotate their squad they have a squad who are used to um, battling out to finish in the top four and so they know how to utilize their squad effectively it isn't just about the starting 11 it's about players who weren't playing regularly also playing their part and I think Everton are new to that and until they actually build that squad I think they'll finish maybe sixth or seventh this season which is why you saw them fall off um, from the start they had in the season Okay, I just want to bring up this comment quickly. This guy said, um, I was a Man United fan, but after Sir Alex Ferguson and David, that guy, yeah. I lost interest. I, I fully, I fully, fully understand. Don't you worry. I hate um, he's, basically, he's basically the voice of all United fans right now. <laughs> yeah, literally. But I think, I think he actually ran to Arsenal because he was asking if there was any Arsenal fans earlier, here earlier on. So um, I don't know yeah. if he, I don't know if he actually won in general. but but, you know there is um all right so the final game i want to preview rather is um so liverpool dropped points at fulham which was very surprising i'm so happy listen i watched that game (laughs) because do you know what is yeah i was having this conversation with my mate and i was like to him look with 
um, Liverpool's defence and, you know, some of their main core players out, I was thinking, yes, you know what, Liverpool are going to drop so many points. But they kept mm. on winning. I don't know how they were doing it. They kept on winning, 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 winning. And my thing uh-huh. is, when a team don't have their important players and they're still winning, that's when you know that this team here, they're too strong. Yeah. And I hate I hate Liverpool with a passion, yeah. But I have to admit that you see this team here. This team here is frightening. I can't lie. Because once Thiago um and these men come back, it might be a problem. I don't know if it'll be too late because there's kind of dropping points and you know your um Tottenham and them lot are, are you know gaining points. So mm. But I'm just happy that uh, Fulham done their thing. I was a bit upset that they dropped the point because I think that, that they could have won that. But hey, well, they they should have got a penalty in that game, um, and they considered the penalty at Kamara. To be honest, last time Fulham won this in this Premier League, he made a critical error, and I spent 15 minutes berating him. Was and... that the penalty that? Uh... The penalty yeah. that he took, that he forced off his play and they missed. Yep, exactly. Because before that all season, he was having an absolute nightmare of a season. Yeah. And he's come back. He came onto the pitch and five minutes later, <laughs> he put his arm up and considered the penalty. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. After that, I felt so awful about yeah. berating him. But after what he did this weekend, all i got to say is F him. Um Osman, uh, thank you for tuning in, bro. Uh, if you haven't checked out his channel, make sure you subscribe to that as well. It's fantastic. Um, Basil's an Arsenal fan. We have berated Arsenal so much so that Cahill's internet isn't working. So he's gone. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they dropped points. Spurs dropped points at Palace, which I think is... Most people wouldn't be surprised by that. I think we knew that Palace is a tough place to go to and... They got their fans back as well for a game, so they wanted to really go out there and impress. But those two come head to head this um, this Wednesday. Now, this is a big game. However, for me, because it's so early in the season, even though whoever wins, good, it's a big win for them. But the gap will only be three points. It's not going to go from three to six. It's not that big a difference. But let's let's talk about that game quickly. I want to get some predictions and why you think it could go a certain way. So um, we'll start with you, Basil, this time. Why do you, th- what do you think for for this game? Uh, Liverpool are at home. Spurs will be going away. What do you think for this game and why? Why do you think so? I think prepare yourself for another boring game of football. If I'm being Damn. honest, um, I think it will probably end one-one. I think it'll be similar to what we saw against Spurs and Palace. I can see Tottenham getting a goal. And then them sitting back for the whole game, similar to what they did against Palace. I mean, the only reason why Palace won that game is because Tottenham sat back. I think if Tottenham was still trying to get the second goal, I think they could have won that. But then they absolutely sat back and invited Palace to just attack, attack, attack. And it mm. played into Palace's hands because Palace didn't have to worry about defending <laughs> really during that game. And we know the Palace defence is shaky. So Tottenham should have realised that and gone for the second. I think once again, Mourinho will see it's like, well, it's, it's a Liverpool team. We're the best teams in the league. We're not going to go there to try and play any kind of football. They're going to look to hit Liverpool on the counter. I think because Liverpool, you know, apparently Matip is, is injured too. They won't have a sturdy defence. 
I think Tottenham can capitalise on maybe a mistake or um, just a lack of concentration and get the goal and they're going to sit back. But, and I think Liverpool just have the quality to pull a goal back. So I'm predicting 1-1, um, Tottenham yeah. to score first and then Liverpool to equalise maybe in the second half. And yeah, yeah I think it would only be exciting when it's 1-0 and Liverpool have to chase the game. But apart from that, it's going to be a very edgy, intense game to start with. Yeah, and Sammy, before I ask you for your um, uh, before I ask you for your one, this guy said the best part about the Arsenal loss against Burnley was the fan covering his eyes with the face mask. One <laughs> mask, two advantages, no covering off, no Arsenal. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant comment. That's brilliant. That's what the best ones I've seen. Uh, Sammy, same question for you. So, how do you think the game will go, and why do you predict so? Uh, I think. Do you know what? Because I like Jason Mourinho so much, yeah. I'm gonna go two one Tottenham. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna go two one Tottenham. I, I I think that Tottenham might get an early goal in the first half, yeah. and they may get an early goal in the second as well. And I think, yeah, I think that they will win two one. Nothing behind it. I just think that the way Liverpool are right now. They're not really at their at their best. So, like you're saying, their defense there's there's gaps. So, I feel like Kane and Son, the way they're playing together right now, it's it's frightening as well. To be fair, so I feel I'll go two one Tottenham. Okay, well, the the stars are kind of looking aligned for Mourinho. Every now and then, I go on the timeline, I see a stat that kind of kind of pictures how he's been in his career, which is. Usually in the second season, he wins the title. There's only one team that ruined that. Congratulations for that, Man United. Um, and also, in every club, every time he's won the title, he has been at this day, at this point of time in the league, he's been top and he's never left that spot after. So it's kind of looking decent for Spurs right now. But however, I know people are listening to this saying, Spursy. So I'm not going to go any further. Um, my prediction. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go two one Spurs as well. I'm gonna yeah, yeah I'm gonna go two one Spurs as well because quite frankly, I will never ever in my life predict something near enough positive for the <laughs> scout side in this is that way red. Um okay, so uh yeah, you know, I think we'll leave it there. We've been here for an hour, almost ten minutes. So we'll get you guys to plug yourselves. Uh Sammy, plug yourself, plug your podcast, that's not what you're up to. Till again, my bro. Uh, plug yourself, plug your podcast, let us know what you're up to. Bro, you're cutting out for some reason. I don't know what's going on. It's mad. Oh, I, c- I can hear you clearly, Mike. Um, all right. Plug your pod- plug yourself. But I'm assuming that you're saying something to do about my podcast and all of that, if you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, at the back page, 411, that's the um, Twitter handle. You can follow us on YouTube. Um, Spotify at the back page and all of that. Look for us and all of that good stuff. Uh, Basil? Perfect. So you can find me on my personal Twitter at BJCubs14, always providing an opinion on football and on Arsenal and Arteta. And also, you can also find me as part of the team uh, at Footy Says. So part of the Footy Says team too. Yes, Footy oh, Says is family. Big up, big up Footy Says, man. Yes, Footy Says is family. And before we leave, this question um, do, you, do you guys think 
the quality of football in the Premier League has gone down. For I'll me, let, simple I'll, answer. I'll, yeah. Yes. I'll yeah. yeah, I'll let Sam answer that because I really talked about football quality uh, as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it is. I think that obviously, I think we're in a time where, like I was saying before, that um, the games involving to you know it being more athletic. Um, now you know your right backs or full backs are not defenders anymore they're more attackers now so that's why we're seeing like your Reese James who's a, who's a centre back I mean who's a CM playing right back now it's one of mm. those little weird things for me personally um, I won't say that the football necessarily is going down but I think like what you were saying before there's not much creativity or allowing the creativity the creative man to be creative and right. do, do dare thing kind of thing it's a bit too much too structured too um, regiment. Um, I think a lot of managers are looking at the top clubs and trying to follow suit instead of like having their own tactics and stuff like that. So, will I say it's gone down? Not really, but I think it's too, like you're saying, um, Basil, it's too um, tactical. It's too much, too much chopping and changing, personally. I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing from an English perspective in England, because um we i think what what we find now is that because now all the games are live i think now you can see how much whether there is a lack of quality as a whole in the premier league because um before when all the games went live you were you, there were specific games that would be selected to be shown live generally it was generally the bigger games or the more entertaining games but i think now because every game is shown live and people are watching it you can weed out that as a whole maybe the quality just isn't there because you're more exposed to it now mm. from a from a full 90 minute perspective where sometimes um you could have watched particular you could have watched particular games and saw some of the boring games and just caught maybe a, a five minute highlight on match of the day but you didn't well you weren't subjected to having to view it for 90 minutes but because all games are now live you can now see now you can see now where there is a lack of quality as a whole maybe in the premier league with certain yeah. teams I agree. And, and, and one more thing, I think that um, football are, is is trying to make certain guys that are not good on the ball, good on the ball. You know, like yeah. certain man, if you're, if you're, if you're not a, a ball winning defender and you're someone who's just a defender, just be a defender. You don't have yeah, to I, do, I agree. you don't have to do too much. But do you think, do you think that's because now everyone wants to play a certain style and not be original. So they don't have, like, you know, like Sam Allardyce with his old Bolton would not be trying to play the football we see Brighton play because he knows that and the 37-year-old Ivan Campo is not playing ball out from the back. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Davies is not doing anything Gabriel Jesus or Sergio Aguero or even Danny Ings can do. So do you uh, think that's just because... 100%. Do you think that's because everyone's now trying to play a certain style, which I think is Pep's fault, even though he didn't force it? Or do you think it's because they just want to try and evolve and become new players? No, it's literally like like you just said. I think that a lot of managers are trying to copy like the yeah. Liverpool model, the Bayern Munich model, the Barcelona model, the City model. I think, yeah, we can do that. But a lot of these clubs don't have the players to facilitate the tactics that you want to bring. Do you understand? So sometimes you can't expect your um, big man to be, I don't know, to to hold up 
and be a ball winning striker kind of thing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Some some men are just good at headering. Some man's thing is just set pieces and whip the ball in. They're headering the ball. It's not get the ball down and play and you know move off. I think it's just a, a lot of managers and teams have to play with the um, personnel that is good to them and that and which suits them. To be fair. Yeah, Michael, I agree with you. So I'll say one thing, yeah, I agree with you. I think what it is is that every manager now is just copying a style. I think what they've done is that they've heard it so much about you have to play out from the back, your defenders have to be this sort of type of defender, players have to be a certain way, and they're copying. And I'll give you an example where, because if you look at, let's say, City and how Pep plays, but then you look at Ajax and how Ajax play, Ajax play a much quicker um, style of play than City. They're comfortable on the ball, great technically, but if you look at how quick they move that ball and obviously the, the speed as to which those players move and the intricate passing is a different style of football. But you can tell that the manager has been there. It's something that is his philosophy. He's coached it within the players and that's how he's adapt and that's how he wants Ajax to adapt and play. And so you can see that's his own creative, innovative idea. When you look at maybe a lot of these Premier League managers, certain managers, they're looking at what is the blueprint. Oh, you have to play out from the back. You have to part uh, death by a million passes with no purpose in life, and they see that's oh yeah, I'm doing the, I'm doing the right thing. I'm fully you know this is how things are supposed to be, and they're thinking that oh we're innovators, but you're not. It's the lazy way of managers coming through, just copying what is already there and trying to implement it and thinking that they're great at it. Because I've seen many pundits praise teams because oh he played it out from the back. Oh, because, oh, they made how many passes? But I say, well, how many of those passes were key passes? Well, what did those passes lead to? That's the reason why Arteta can go and say um, against Tottenham, oh, we were the better team, we played well. But it's like, okay, you, you passed the ball a lot, but what do, what, what do those passes lead to? Mm -hmm. There's no point if a team, because if a team's going to allow it to pass, then you can pass all day. But if those passes lead to nothing, it's pointless. And I think right now, teams are, are managers are doing the cop-out thing or we're just going to get people to pass the ball. But it's like, there's no style of play, there's no phases in it, there's no proper movement, there's no quickness in when you pass the ball, the movement isn't there. And I think because of that, um, yeah, it's suffering a bit. Yeah, I, I agree, 100%. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's the perfect way to end it there. And um, our guy that's been committing all day wanted to plug himself as you guys were plugging yourselves. So his name is Anmol, he's a sports director for India's number one news app called In Shorts. Well, I'll do a nice one for no, you. I'll big you up, man. Yeah, big, big you up, up man. Thank you for tuning in and also thank you for subscribing. I saw the uh, subscription, so respect to you, bro. Right, um, I think we'll end it there. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I, Kayla, love, I hope your I hope your internet is um I hope, I hope it's okay. <laughs> well we, we we already know that connection's not gonna return until <laughs> our <laughs> win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so this has been another episode of the Free in Midfield podcast. You can, you can find us here on YouTube, Free in Midfield podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Free in Midfield and obviously on all the audio channels, which are Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, Free in Midfield. Thank you for tuning in and have a nice night.